We continue. We left off in Bavakama, the fifth chapter, page forty-seven A, the Amarava, eighth line from the top. We dedicate the class to Rav Nachum, Rav Moshe, Rav Foshlem, Miriam. Another thing Rav said when it says in the beginning of the Mishnah, an ox that gored a cow. And we find the, uh, the miscarriage, the miscarried offspring next to it, but we don't know if the miscarriage happened before the coring or it happened as a result of the coring. So he says, you split it down the middle, you pay, you pay half from the putter and a quarter from the, from the lot. So he says, so Rabbi said, in Shaman the putter from the atom, from the atom. When you evaluate, when you're paying for the offspring, for the miscarriage, you don't pay for the for the uh, cow separately. How much a cow was worth when it had a child, now it doesn't have a child, and separately you pay for the child that was killed, as if it was a living child versus now it's dead. He says, no, that you don't do. You make one evaluation. How much was the ox worth? How much was the cow worth when it had the child, the offspring? And now that uh, you, the ox gored the cow, and uh, the offspring miscarried, and the, the cow miscarried, how much is, is the cow worth now? Because you're not going to say something. You're going to say you evaluate the, the offspring separately. And so the maker is a mazik. You're causing the mazik undue harm that he has to pay full price. He has to pay. For the loss of the cow, how much a cow is worth, a cow that's pregnant and a cow that had, uh, had a miscarriage. And separately, you're going to pay for, for the offspring. It's now dead, so it will be a lot of money for the damager. If someone chops off the hand of his Canaanite non-Jewish slave, so again, you don't evaluate how much a person would pay if you gave the master money to chop off the slave's hand. That would be a huge sum of money. Otherwise, he would never agree to have his hand chopped off. But the, he's talking about how much in the, in the marketplace, how much is a slave worth? A slave has both hands, or a slave has his hand chopped off. That difference, that's what you have to pay. Someone did damage to uh, his friend's field. Let's say there was a row and he damaged the row. So you don't look at it independently. You look at it, how much a whole field that every row is intact versus one row is missing, which is a much smaller amount of money. So we're trying to save the damager money. Why? Why are we trying to spare the damager? If that's what he's liable, that's what he's obligated to pay, if that's the damage that he caused, why shouldn't he pay the top dollar? You should the, the, evaluate every row independently and how much a person would pay his master to cut the chop of the arm and pay separately for the full value of the offspring that, that would have been alive and now it's dead. So the might answer is it's not because we're trying to spear the uh, the damager. Why should we spare the damager? Because he says to him, in principle, he doesn't have to pay more. My ox gored a cow that's pregnant. It wasn't a viable child. He didn't kill a viable child. He, killed, he attacked an ox that's pregnant. 
So part of Mavis Hashem in Allah. So all you're going to evaluate is how much the ox is worth, how much the cow is worth, how much it was worth when it was pregnant, and how much it's worth now that it had a miscarriage. That's it, not more. Yomadah says, it's clear, part of the chad, a lot of the chad. What if it's not one owner that owns the cow and the and the offspring? Let's say he sold the ox, but he kept the offspring to himself. He sold the cow and kept the offspring. So if you have two separate owners, one owns the cow, one owns the offspring. So it's clear, pitmal uh, balapar. The pitma, the fat, when a, when a, when an animal is pregnant, when you're pregnant, you you, you grow fat, you, you you get fatter. Could be it's because of the pregnancy, but it doesn't matter. But it's your fat, so obviously now that it was a miscarriage, you lose that fat. So that loss that you have to pay for the owner of the cow, balapada. That's no question. Nafka, my question is, a person pays more for a cow that looks bigger. You know, being pregnant, you look like a massive cow. So you pay more for it. You're getting more for your money. So the question is, who looks better because they're bigger? Not the offspring. The offspring has the same uh, value. It's it's the cow that looks bigger. So maybe, therefore, maybe that extra money and that loss because of the miscarriage goes only to the owner of the cow. Or not. Maybe since it's the uh, it's the offspring that causes the cow to look bigger, Maybe you should have a share in that, uh, part of, of a share of that. You're paying for the loss of that, uh, how much you would have gotten for a bigger cow. Maybe the owner of the of the uh, offspring should get a share of that. So my, Papa, Papa says that you give the Bala Putter because again, only he benefits from it being a larger uh, cow. Even though it's because of the offspring, you divide it equally between the two. And the law is chelkin. You divide it. Uh, the one whom the potter enters is pots, pans in the in the courtyard of the balabais without permission. And the axe of the the animal of the balabais came and destroyed those pots and pans. But the owner is exempt. Who gave you permission to bring it in? And if his animals tripped over and got hurt, tripped over the pots and pans, so the owner of the pots and pans has to pay for the damage to the animals. If he entered, he had permission to enter, then then the owner of the courtyard, he it's his responsibility. He gave him permission, so you, if your animal go, goes ahead and, and hurts them, uh, any damage, you, you're responsible. <coughs> he enters um, his fruits, he pl- places his fruits down in the courtyard of someone's private property without permission. And the owner of the, of the owner of the house of the courtyard goes and helps himself to the food, enjoys enjoys all the delicious fruit. But he doesn't have to pay for the damage. He had no permission to bring it in there. Um, and if his animals slip over these fruits and get hurt, the owner of the fruits has to pay for the damage. But if he had permission to bring his fruits there and to leave his fruits in his courtyard, and then his animals go ahead and eat the fruits, you took responsibility, you have to pay for the damage. If he enters his ox in someone else's private property without permission, and the owner's ox goes and gores uh, this ox, 
Mishnah Nashka Kabbalah Shabbos Rosh is a dog went and bit him, bit the zak's potter. The owner is exempt. Who gave you permission to enter into my property, to enter your animal to my private property? Noga Chushesh Shabbos is if he does damage Shabbos Chayiv, of course you have to pay. If his axe falls into this pit, his private pit, in his own private yard, he was made of and he destroyed the water, he has to pay. If, his, if the owner's father or son was in the pit and he, he, the axe fell and killed him, he has to pay. He has to pay the koifer. The axe has to pay the koifer. The mother will explain. Koifer is, is only if it's a fourth time, not the first time. But if he had permission to enter his axe in Balachot Zechayev, and um, and then his the owner's axe caused damage to to this person's axe, then uh, the owner the owner has to pay because he gave him permission to be there. Rabbi argues. Rabbi says, but in all of these cases, Even if the all these items that he had permission to bring in, if they were damaged by the by the owner's axe, the owner doesn't have to pay. I gave you permission to bring it into my courtyard, but I never took responsibility. I'm going to sit and watch over it and make sure that my animal is not going to... that my animal is not going to destroy... Uh, your eyes. Unless he says clearly, I'm watching here. Leave your stuff here, and I'll I'll look I'll look over it. I'll look out for it. And then, if his animal goes and destroys it and does damage, then he has to pay. Otherwise, I give him permission to put it, but I'm not I'm not watching. I didn't take responsibility to watch over it. So, if my animal goes ahead and damages it, I don't have to pay anything. So that be opinion. The rabbi say no. If you if you gave him permission to leave it there, that means you have to take responsibility to watch it. That it, that it doesn't, that your animals don't cause it any damage. Okay, that's the mission. Talk to your mother. Time of the reason if someone enters uh, something without permission. And then you cause damage to the uh, to the animal of the owner. The reason you have to pay him from the because he had no permission to bring it in. So you cause the damage. If you had permission, then if the if the owner's animal tripped over, or got hurt, you wouldn't have to pay. We don't say kabuli kabul You don't say that when the the owner of the pots took upon himself that he's going to watch. Yes, he gave me permission. He gave me permission to put my stuff in, but but it goes without saying that I have to watch and make sure that your uh, the owner's animals don't trip over and don't get hurt by my uh, pots or fruits or whatever I brought in. So, Mani, whose whose opinion is this, Rabbi? He, this is the opinion of Rabbi Domer called If you just say yes, it doesn't mean you accept upon yourself that I'm going to watch it as well. So just because I agreed, you gave me permission to be there, and I agreed, it didn't mean I accepted upon myself that I'm going to watch it and make sure your animal shouldn't get hurt. So I'm not responsible. If your animal gets hurt, I'm not responsible. So 
If that's the case, Ema Seifa, how do you explain the end of the, the, the second part of the Mishnah, Michnis? There shows if the, the owner of the pot, I mean, if the potter had permission to bring in his pot and the other one's private property, then the owner of the chotzer has to pay. If his axe gourd uh, broke, damaged the pots, he has to pay, the owner has to pay. Why? I saw in the rabbis. I gave him permission, but I never said I'm taking responsibility. So this must follow the opinion of the rabbis, Amri, Bistam and Ami, that even just giving permission, that already assumes that I'm going to watch. Keep it So which one is it? Vesu, in addition, Rebbe, Yemim, Kul, and Rebbe, at the end of the Mishnah says, in all of these previous cases in the Mishnah, ain't a chayev. You don't have to pay if his animals, if his, the owner's animals did damage to the items that were brought in, Actually, a couple of Balabayas, Lishman, unless, unless he takes it upon himself, he takes upon himself to watch, just giving you permission to leave it there doesn't mean I'm taking responsibility for anything that happens. I just give you permission to bring it in. So, so it turns out the Reish of a Sefer, Reish of a Sefer Rebbe, the opening in the Mishnah that says, that because it was without permission, that's why any damage that uh, your your owner's animal does to these items, you're exempt. Which you deduce that if it was with permission, then he, if he, he had permission, then he would have to pay. Even though he never said, I'm taking responsibility. And the end of the mission is following the opinion of a Rebbe. But it's a use in the middle of the mission that says that if... He had permission to bring it in, and then the animals, the animals were damaged. The owner's animal, if he gave him permission, and then the owner gave this person permission to bring in his pots, and then his animals destroyed it, the damage, he has to pay for it. Why? He never took responsibility. So the middle is like rabbis, and the first the opening, and the, the end of the mission is like rabbi. So I'm going to have to yes, this mission is very difficult. Misha Shonazu. Whoever learned the opening and the end of the Mishnah did not learn the middle of the Mishnah. They argue. It's the rabbis and the rabbi. Rabbi says, no. Kulo Rabbani. The whole Mishnah is following the opinion of the rabbis. Who say that even just by giving permission, it, you assume that he's already taking responsibility to watch. Obershus. When the owner gives him permission to bring in this pot, what he means, Rishus means, yeah, it's as if he already, it's, it's assumed that he's already taking responsibility, whatever happens, even, even if a wind came and destroyed it because he was negligent, he didn't watch it, he didn't protect it, he would have to pay. So it's a one-way street, Rav is saying. We assume that just like when he says, I give you permission, according to the rabbis, that means I'm going to watch it. So too, when the owner of the pots accepts and says, okay, I'm bringing my stuff in, it's assumed that he means, I'm also going to make sure that, that your animal doesn't get damaged by, which then the question isn't why, 
why does it say that if he if he has permission and then the owner's animal gets damaged by his pots or his fruits he's exempt he's um So Rava answers that um, when he gives him permission, which according to the rabbis means that he's taking upon himself responsibility, leave it here, I'll watch out for it, I'll keep an eye on it. It only works one way. He's responsible, the owner now takes full responsibility anything that happens, even if a wind came. So surely it doesn't mean that the, surely the owner of the pot doesn't have to stick around and he's responsible that the animals of the owner shouldn't get hurt, shouldn't trip over his pots or his fruits. No. The owner says, I'm looking out for it. You go home, you you relax, you take a nap, you leave, and I'm going to take care of it. Whatever happens, it's my, my fault. So if his animals get hurt and trip over it, the owner of the pots or the fruits is exempt. If his animals do damage, the owner, the owner of the house is responsible. The owner of the courtyard is responsible. It said in the Mishnah, if he enters without permission, he brings his fruits and um, the the owner's animals got hurt by it. The owner of the fruits is responsible. How did he get hurt? If he slipped over it, they tripped over it. Then the owner of the fruits who brought it in without permission, he has to pay for all the damage. But if the owner's animal ate the fruits and got sick, but my time, why? Because who, who asked you to eat? I didn't, I didn't invite you to eat. So you want? So I'm not responsible. The owner of the fruit says to the owner of the uh, the house, the owner of the courtyard, I'm not responsible. You, you, your animal ate my food and got sick. I say, When he was asleep, he said this. Doesn't make sense what he's saying. If you place poison in front of your 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 friend's animal, and you cause the friend and the animal dies, so in a court of law, you're exempt because it was indirect. But in heaven, in heaven, you are liable. So what do we see from this? Some of Because poison, a person doesn't need poison. Animals don't need poison. If the animal ate fruits, which, which animals would eat, even, even in court you would have to pay, you would be liable to pay. Because if he placed fruit and the animal ate a lot of it, it was delicious and sweet, and he ended up dying, you would have to pay. So not like Rav says that the uh, the owner the owner can say, the person who puts the fruits they say who asked the animal to eat from it no according to Rav he can tell he can say the, the the person who placed all the fruits can say to the owner of the animal who asked the animal to eat Amri they say we can we can uh, dismiss this question Rav Sheshes is proof in the Brayser but really, even the other, really, the truth is, even if he placed fruits and he ate, he overate and he ate too much and he died, he would also be exempt. Why does he use the example of poison? Kamashman is coming to teach us. I feel some of his Even if he put something that's unusual, he shouldn't have expected the animal to eat poison. Nevertheless, he still has to answer to heaven for causing this this harm. Your friends act. You might say, if you want, I'll tell you, Sama Mavis, Nami, Bafrasta. When he says Sama Mavis, he means it's like a grass, which is poisonous. There's some grasses that are poisonous, very, very powerful. And the animal ate it because it looked like grass. I know, paid it. That means he ate fruits. It is fruits. 
and he caused him to die. What's the difference? He caused him to die. He ate too much, or it was a poison. And he's saying, nevertheless, he's exempt, like Rav says. The mace, I'll ask you a question. Mace, I'll ask you a question. A woman who entered to grind uh, the grind wheat. She she um, she rented the uh, mill to grind meat. But she went without permission. And the animal of the owner ate and died. But no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. And, and and the animal ate the ate the kernels of the wheat. But the owner doesn't have to pay for the kernels of the wheat. Who who gave you permission to enter to my my private property? In Moscow. But if the animal died or got hurt, got sick because of the wheat, the woman has to pay. So it means, if I'm my, why? Name According to that, we can say, who asked the animal to eat? So Amri, they answered, we can dismiss this question. And now, why is this any stronger than the Mishnah? Use the exact same language as our Mishnah. It says in Huska, the animal got hurt. It doesn't say how he got hurt. So we interpret, I've interpreted in our Mishnah, it means he slipped, not that he ate. So we also say that, that he slipped, not if he ate. If he ate, he, indeed, he wouldn't have to pay. The one who asked the question, we don't understand what the question was. I mean, Rav is right. Where does it say in the Baraisa that he ate the fruit, he ate the wheat, and then you have to pay? The question here will, will tell you in our Mishnah, it says, if it, if it got damaged with, with them. You can explain, it means slipped in it. Like Tani says, if it was damaged, like Tani behen, just as huska. So I assumed it means It means by eating it and overate and died. And the one that answers, there is no difference. Toshma, bring your proof. We learned in someone else's private property without permission, and there were kernels of wheat there. And the axe ate the wheat. Ate the kernels of wheat of Hichiris, and he got diarrhea because it's very hard on the ox to eat the wheat, to eat the wheat. The mice, and he died. But the owner is exempt. Because who asked you to? Who asked you to trespass? Who asked your ox to come in? I didn't invite your ox to come into my private property. But if he gave him permission, the owner of the courtyard is liable. He gave him permission. He should have watched and make sure that he he won't get hurt. But my why, according to Rav, he could have told him, "Don't need from it." It's one thing. It's two different things. If he had permission, he didn't have permission. If when did Rav say you don't have to pay if he ate it, if he entered without permission? Because he never took upon himself responsibility to watch the animal. So therefore, who asked your animal to eat for, to eat to eat for my fruits? So then Rav says he's exempt. But Bishos, but if he had permission to bring it in, Shmida Shayna Kibalov. And the owner took responsibility to watch, to watch his ox. And even if he choked, the owner is liable to pay.
So therefore, when he ate from the from the wheat kernels, since he didn't watch him, why, why did you let him eat from the wheat kernels? So therefore, the owner is liable. He continued. What a wonderful.